Amen. Let's give him the best praise of the year right here, right now. Give him the best praise you have right here, right now. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, give him the best praise you have. Come on, you can do better than that. He's been better than that, hasn't he? He's been better than that, haven't he? He's been better than that, haven't he? Is that all you got? <laughs> Is that all you got? <laughs> He's been better than that, I know. Ooh, well, welcome to church, everybody. God is a good, 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 good God. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Ah, welcome to church. Good to be in the house of the Lord, but it's better to be in his presence. Amen. <laughs> it's more than a building. It's his presence that I'm after. Amen. Not just an experience, I desire an encounter with him. An encounter with the true and the living God. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm after. Uh, I don't come to church just because I'm the pastor, and I don't come to church just because I come to church. I come to church to have an encounter. A Holy Ghost, fire baptized, encounter with the Lord every time. Because you don't know when it will be the last time on this side. So don't take your praise, don't take the worship, don't take your time and the ability to come together. If COVID didn't teach us one thing, it taught us this, that we need to, to give God our best praise because we don't know what next Sunday may hold, right? Not that I'm on praise in COVID, but I'm just telling you the reality of the situation. If it hadn't taught us nothing else, don't take our time together with God for granted. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, as I was digging and looking and searching and praying and seeking and, and talking with God and him talking to me and of course, God always wins, right? <laughs> oh, you think I'd know better by now. Amen. But sometimes I'm just a little bit hard-headed and want to tell him what I want to do. Amen. Because I feel like I'm going to do it this way, and I, my way is the best way, God. What you talking about? You don't know. Amen. <laughs> so after I finally got done wrestling with him because my arms are too short to box with him, <laughs> and of course he won <laughs> and so he told me he said you don't need a sermon you don't even need a teaching today he said you all need a word from me you don't need a sermon or a teaching or a message really he, you need a word uh, today and so I'm like okay God I hear you okay what the word gonna be <laughs> he said, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, God, all right, here we are. We coming. 
<laughs> it's getting late, Lord. Okay. He said, just close the book and go upstairs. I'm telling you, I'm going to take care of you. Amen. Amen. So it puts you in an uncomfortable position. It still gives me comfort that he speaks to me in those terms. And God he speaks to us. And he wants to have that kind of relationship with us, a real relationship with us. God is not some faraway God that you have to talk to in a certain way at a certain time in a certain manner. You have to respect him and you have to realize that he is holy, but you can have a real relationship with him. So God speaks. Amen. And he wants to be spoken to by you in a real way. He don't want you to have that fixed up pretty thing. He wants to talk to you in a real way. He wants you to know that he wants to know that you know that you're struggling. And he wants you to understand and realize that he's the only one that can fix it. (laughs) And the way that he can fix it is you being real with him so that he can be real with you. Amen. Hmm. So God is not about religion. He's about relationship. He's not about crystal chandeliers or padded pews or carpeted floors. He's about relationship. And so based on the relationship that we have with God, if there's a whole lot of things that have happened, transpired this week, that causes us angst or cause us anxiety, right? That even gets you upset and mad and emotional, right? Things happening to us and things happening around us, things that are fair and things that are unfair, heartbreak, hurt, pain. Sickness and disease that surrounds us and everything about it can make you anxious, right? So I'm going to start in Psalm 37, and then we're going to go where he leads us. Amen? Amen. Because one thing for certain is we have a tendency to believe that evildoers or the ungodly are winning, right? We tend to believe because of the because of all we experience and we see and we hear, it seems like evil is prevailing. So we're going to start in Psalm 37, which is a psalm by David, Jesse's boy. Uh, 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 Jesse's David, that is, who went on to become a king, right? A shepherd boy that uh, became a leader in Israel, right? And so this psalm uh, encourages David's audience to maintain a proper relationship with God by refusing to wallow in anxiety anxiety over their circumstances. He's encouraging his audience, right, uh, to maintain a proper relationship with God by refusing to wallow in anxiety. Anxiety is distress, uneasiness of your mind. Caused by the fear of danger and misfortune. It's distress or uneasiness in your mind. So God is telling, God through David is telling us to keep a, maintain a proper relationship with him. He was telling them, David was telling them, and he is telling us to trust in the Lord, find joy in the Lord, and to commit your present as well as your future to the Lord, and don't allow what's happening as in regards to evildoers to make you be afraid. Amen. 
So Psalm 37, 37, number Psalm, verse 1 says, fret not thyself. Why? Because of what? Mm, another translation says, don't worry about the wicked. Amen. Don't worry about the wicked. Neither thou be envious against workers of iniquity or wickedness or envy those uh, who are doing wrong. Don't worry about them. Don't be concerned about what they are doing. Don't regard them in any kind of way. He said, fretting out thyself. Or don't be anxious or don't worry because of the evildoers or don't be envious against them. In other words, don't hold them into higher esteem because it looks like they're getting over. They're getting over in time, but there's eternity. Amen. Time will end, but eternity doesn't. And they may have what they have in time, but in the end, eternity is calling. If you haven't learned one other thing you haven't learned this throughout this year and throughout the years is that nobody gets off this planet alive. Amen. Unless Jesus comes back. I'm old enough. Amen. To have seen and witnessed and experienced many, many people who are no longer here. Recent and in the past. And one thing for certain is this. We don't get off this planet alive. That's the vehicle in which God uses to transport us into eternity is death. Death is just closing a one chapter and opening up a whole new chapter. Amen. Death is nothing but you going to sleep on this side and, hope, and prayerfully waking up over in God's side. But what you do on this side to prepare to wake up on God's side is what matters. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this, and then I'm going to leave that alone. Everybody that die ain't going to heaven. You can't preach them there. You can't wish them there. You can't pray them there. Just because they have died don't mean that they will go to heaven. Amen. What we have to do is be prepared for eternity. Life is, time, is preparation time for eternity. Because we're going to die one day and after death is the judgment. Amen. But while we're on this side, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Why? Verse 2 says, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass. And they will wither as the green herb. In other words, they may be running now, but eventually they're going to be cut down like grass. And one thing death does also is it evens the playing field. Amen. It don't matter how much money you make or how much money you have on this side. It's, how, it's what you do. Only what you do for Christ will last. Amen. Because the workers of iniquity, verse 2 says, they will soon be cut down like the grass. Soon is a relative term because we think it's taken a long time. But see, with God, time is very short. <laughs> Amen. Right? Right? It's just a, it's a, life is a vapor for us. 
And it's a vapor to God's eyesight, right? Because what? One day is like a what? A thousand years to God. He says, for soon they shall be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Verse 3 says, do what? Trust in the Lord and what? Trust in the Lord and do what? In other words, be secure and confident in the Lord. And as you're being secure and confident in the Lord, you do good. What does that mean? Do what God tells you to do when God tells you to do it and how God tells you to do it. That's doing good. Don't do good from man's point of view. Do good from God's point of view. And the only way to do good from God's point of view is to get God's point of view. <laughs> and the only way to get God's point of view is to have a relationship with the God with the view. <laughs> mm, quit looking at things from your viewpoint. Your viewpoint is limited. I don't care how high in the sky you look on what kind of telescope you got. It can only go so far. Amen. Hmm. And you can have the strongest telescope in the world, but you will never find heaven because it don't get that strong. Amen. Amen. However, you can find the God of heaven while you're standing right here on earth. Amen. Why? Because he's welcoming you to come to him. Amen. And he made it possible through Jesus that you can have a relationship with him to see him right here on this earth. To get his viewpoint, his vantage point through the earth, on the earth. Amen. So it says, trust in the Lord and what? Do good. Show, show self thou dwell where? In the land. And verily thou shalt be what? Fed. Hmm. Amen. Then you will be, then you will live in the land. And you will prosper. Don't get so caught up in what you are seeing and hearing about the food shortage because that may happen. But God is going to make sure that you fed. Think about it. Now, I've been lived back in that day, but there's some who have when you didn't know that what you're going to have and what you have was something that you really didn't want, but you ate it anyway, right? Amen. Some of us have eaten a whole lot of potatoes. <laughs> Made a hundred different ways, <laughs> without no meat, <laughs> amen. But guess what? You still survive, right? And a lot of our parents and grandparents, they were believers. They didn't have nothing, didn't have no outlook. The only thing they knew was God and that God was going to provide all of their needs. And guess what? He did it, right? You need the proof? Just pinch yourself. Say, I'm still here. <laughs> right? You didn't starve to death. Amen. God kept you. And now you're in a position where you can go get what you want. Mm. Amen. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. And he says what? Verse 4. Delight thyself also what? In the Lord. That means experience. Great pleasure and joy in the Lord. Being in a relationship with God should not be a heavy thing. It should not be drudgery. It should not be sorrowful. It should not be you always hanging your shoulders and dropping your head because you are in a relationship with God. In fact, it's supposed to be the opposite. You need to delight yourself in spite of what you are experiencing. 
in spite of what's going on around you, in spite of the attack in your body, in spite of the attack of what's going on in your family or in your household, in spite of not having what you want, delight your what? Some in where? In the Lord. <laughs> Experience great, great pleasure and joy in the Lord. Amen. And he shall do what? Give thee what? The desires. Uh-huh. Well, see, sometimes we have a mixed up uh, mindset about what is a desire and what is a desire. What is a desire and what is a need? Let me put it that way. Some of our desires not what we need. But God gives us what we need in spite of our desires. But what you have desired, sometimes God will fix it up into a need that you don't realize that it was your desire anyway. Amen. What is a desire? Some of us had desire to have cars. Back in the day when you didn't have one, some had desires to have a roof over your head. Back in the day when you didn't know where you was going to live, some of us had the desire to have different clothes. But if you look back and think about God did deliver the desires of your heart. He gave you what you needed so that you can have what you needed to give him praise. Amen. Give him praise, give him glory right there. Amen. <laughs> so it says, trust in the Lord, dwell by, delight thyself in the Lord, commit by way unto the Lord, or entrust everything you do to the Lord. Entrust everything you do to the Lord. When you entrust everything that you do in the Lord, to the Lord, you will do the right things to the Lord. Amen. You won't have to worry about if you're going to misstep. Why? Because you have entrusted everything to him. And if you entrust everything to him, he's not going to lead you the wrong way. He's going to guide you, what? The right way. So it says what? Uh, uh, commit by way unto the Lord. Trust what? Also in him. There go that word trust again. Trust also in him and he shall do what? Bring it to pass. Mm. Let's, let's just meditate on that scripture. Commit by way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. What is that? Everything that you need done in your life, he will bring it to pass. Everything you don't need in your life, he will bring that to pass, too. He'll take it out. One thing we got to learn how to do is release some things. We fight to hold on to some things when we should, in, in fact, release something. Because if you don't release it and hold on to it, it can become a burden. And when it becomes a burden, it takes your focus off of God. And when you take your focus off of God, you can no longer see God anymore because now you're focusing on that burden that's holding you down. As I taught last week, you got to resist the devil. And he will what? Flee. Amen. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. And thy judgment as noonday. In other words, he will make it bright so that you can see your way through it. Amen. 
Next one, verse says what? Rest in the Lord. And do what? Wait patiently for him. Another translation says, be still in the presence of the Lord. Quit moving around so much. Sit down in the presence of the Lord. We got a microwave mentality that as soon as we, we believe that as soon as we go to God, we are automatically just in the presence of God and he's going to give us the answer that we want in that moment. Sometimes you just have to be still and wait. Be still and wait don't mean stop. It means wait on the answer that you're seeking. And sometimes God won't give you what you ask for at the time that you ask for because God is waiting to see what you're going to do. So we didn't learn. He said, trust in the Lord, delight thyself in the Lord, commit thy way unto the Lord and and trust also again in him. And then he says, rest in the what? Lord. And wait patiently for him. You hear that? Wait what? Wait what? Wait what? Wait patiently for him. Amen. Wait, what? Stop being in such a hurry that you miss miss out on what God wants to get to you. Because if you're not still long enough, you'll miss out exactly what he wants to give to you. God has commissioned us and gave us the purpose to get some things to us so that it can work through us. But sometimes we get so impatient, he can't deposit it in us. <laughs> he want to give it to you. He wants to make a deposit in you, but you won't sit still long enough. Because <laughs> you're too busy being busy. We allow the busyness of God, busyness of our work, get in the way of the business of our work. Busyness does not equal godliness all the time. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to take a chill pill, Will, (laughs) and stand still or stay still in God's presence so that he can make the proper deposit in you so that when you go to make the withdrawal on the deposit, or when he goes to make the withdrawal on the deposit, he can get what he's after. Amen. Amen. So be still, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him that prospereth in the way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Verse 8 is where we need to be too. Cease from what? Or stop being angry. Hmm. I'm going to leave that there. Let that sit. Marinate. Stop being angry. Cease from anger and forsake what? Wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Anger, rage, and losing your temper are very, are very destructive emotions. Anger, rage, and losing your temper are very destructive emotions. Getting in a rage can cause you to lose control of yourself. 
And when you lose control of yourself, you are not operating in the spirit because the fruit of the spirit, one of them are self-control, which means controlling yourself. And when you get in anger, you can lose control. Some people black out. Lose control and do something that gets them in a lot of trouble. That can cause you to be in a place that you don't want to be in. Either dead or in jail. Anger traps you in the prison of your mind. <laughs> Anger traps you in the prison of your mind. Why? Because it operates through the soul. You are saved in your spirit, and that's what the devil wants you to get into your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if he keeps you in your emotional state, that will keep you from operating in the spirit. And if you can't operate in the spirit, you can't be led by your spirit. Think about it. You get into your emotions, that's, and I've said this many, many times, that's the devil's playground. And if you play in the devil's playground, he got you. Because <laughs> the devil is too smart for you and me. The Bible says he's subtle, he's crafty. If the devil's slick enough like last week to go talk to Jesus and try to tempt him, and he's the living, breathing word of God in the flesh on earth. What chance do you have on the devil's playground unless you're in the spirit? See, Jesus was in the spirit, so he knew how to handle the devil from a spiritual viewpoint. Amen. By using the word. Amen. Amen. Cease not. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Yeah. Stop being angry. Stop getting into a rage. He says you can be angry, but sin not. But see, anger is the great gateway to rage. Amen. And anger very easily can spill over to rage before you know it. Amen. So cease. Stop being so angry. Verse nine says, for evildoers shall be what? Or the wicked will be destroyed. But those that wait or trust in the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. In other words, they're going to be taken care of. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall what? Inherit the earth. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And then I'll just put it down to verse number 23 real quick. The steps of a good man. What? The Lord directs the steps of the godly, in other words. God will not lead you somewhere that he can't get you out of. He will not lead you somewhere that he don't mean to take you through. Amen. The step, your steps are ordered by him as long as you stay connected to him. 
And if he orders your step because of the connection, God will see you through. And I heard another late pastor say this. He will not only what see you through, he will what carry you through. I think it's something like that. Amen. He will carry you through. Amen. The steps of a good Lord, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, for he delighted in his way. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Trust in God. Don't, you need to maintain a proper relationship with God. Why? Because your steps will be ordered by him. And if he orders your steps, he's going to take you through it. Amen. So this, this word will help you maintain that relationship. Verse 25, chapter 40, verse 25 says, to whom then would you liken me? Or, or shall I be equal? This is God talking, saith the Holy One. Verse 26 says, lift your, up your eyes where? On high. And behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by what? Number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong, what? In power, that not one faileth. Why saith thou, O Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord? In other words, don't think God does not see where you are. If your relationship is properly maintained, your steps are ordered anyway. And even in your darkness, God is there. <laughs> even when you think he's not there, he is still there. Think a song says he is there all the time, or he was there all the time, right? Amen. My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, El Olam, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, what? Fadeth not, <laughs> fainteth not, and neither is weary. He does not faint. And God never gets tired. We faint and we get tired. But if your connection to the if your, your connection is maintained properly, God will never faint and he won't get tired. And even if your connection is not maintained properly, he still won't faint and he won't get tired. Amen. There is no searching of his understanding. He give he give us what? Power to the faint or weak. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall what? But verse 31 says here again, I'm going to repeat it again. But they that wait, or those who trust in the Lord, shall renew their strength or find new strength. For they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be what? And they shall walk and not what? But they that do what? Wait. Where? On the Lord. Or Psalm 37 says, wait what? Patiently. On the Lord. Well then, how, does we, how do we wait on the Lord patiently? All right. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. 
Thank you, Lord, for the word. <laughs> As he takes us through this. Amen. Philippians chapter four, verse six says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your what requests with an S be made known unto who God. A request could also be considered a demand. Now, don't get me wrong and don't think I'm talking about approaching God in the wrong way. But when you were desperate, <laughs> Amen. your request, they become what? A demand. But guess what? God can handle your request and he can handle your demands. As we read in, in Isaiah, he created everything. Who like and who like me? Amen. There's none like me. So he can handle your request and demand, and, and then when you uh, let your request be made known on the God, and, let, uh, and the peace of God, which what? Passive? What? Shall keep or guard your hearts and minds. How? Then verse 8 says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report or an excellent report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? Think on these things. If you get your mind right, focus on the right thing, which is your God. And all of that you will receive, verse number seven, in the peace of God, which passes all understanding. If you keep your mind where it needs to be, that peace will wash over you and people won't understand why you're so peaceful. Hmm? Because God's peace surpasses what? All understanding. All understanding comes from the earth realm. God's peace comes from the heavenly realm. When you have peace with God, that don't mean you're not in the middle of a storm. It just means that God gave you peace in the midst of, like that bird on the limb. Amen? In the midst of a storm. He's got his head tucked and he's good. And that's what God wants us to be. Trusting in him and maintaining a proper relationship by keeping our mind on the right things. Quit putting your mind on the wrong things on the wrong people, in wrong situations that are bent on doing the wrong things and doing the wrong things and in the wrong situations. Get your mind where it needs to be on God. I'm not saying walk around with your head all up and running into walls. What I am saying is understanding that God will be with you through it all and that will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen? Hmm. Y'all good? I got one more scripture for y'all, okay? How do you keep your mind focused and on God? All right. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. If you're in a maintain, if you're in a proper relationship with God, that means you are in Christ. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says, If then, if you then be risen with Christ, Seek those, th seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the what? Right hand of God, which is the right side of power. 
Set your affection on things above, not on not on things on the earth. We just went through the list of those things where we need to set our affections or our minds on, right? For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. What does that mean? Hidden means you are concealed and safe because you are in Christ. (laughs) You are concealed, covered, And you are safe because you are hidden in Christ. And just be and and being that you know that, that should allow you to focus your attention on Philippians chapter four and Colossians chapter three, verse one. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Verse 16 says, and let the word of Christ dwell in you, what? Richly, in all wisdom. Hmm. Teaching, and then this is what you need to do for each other. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts, where? To the Lord. That's why I always encourage every Sunday that we gather together, that we give our best praise to God. Why? Because when we give our best praise to God, it allows his spirit to give him, give give us the, 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 the things that we need on this earth when we are gathered together. Amen. And in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. So I want to be in the presence of God whenever we come together. I'm I'm seeking after his presence so that we can have that encounter. How do we get to the encounter? By singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and singing them not to us, but to him. Hmm. And always remember, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all of it in the name of God of the Lord Jesus. Not only limited to here in church. Whatsoever you do in word or deed on your job, do it in the name of the Lord. Whatsoever you do in word or deed in your community service, do it in the name of the Lord. Whatsoever you do when you're going grocery shopping, Do it in the name of the Lord. If you're riding on a bus, do it in the name of the Lord. Amen. Why? Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are what? Safe. And I already told you, you are concealed and safe as long as you're in Christ. And if you do it in the name of the Lord, you will remain concealed and safe. And And if calamity does happen to you, Because you are concealed and safe in the Lord, you have a great eternity waiting. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. I don't even have a title of this sermon or message or word. All I know is God gave it to me and I gave it to you. Amen. So let's give God praise for his word. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know if it made sense, but it felt good. Amen. (laughs)